Production of Sound, Sound Bros Productions. Productions. It is technically at this very moment still Sunday night. It is still Sunday night. Are we? Are we close for the next eleven minutes? Oh wow, we are close. <laughs> Good grief! That explains the clientele at the Circle K. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, we're coming at you from the uh, balmy uh, Chino Valley at eighty degrees. I have an app on my phone now that tells me all of the coming coming from coming at you from the porch, from the porch again. We are Porch Bros. Porch Bros. A production of Porch Bros. Productions. A port uh, production of Porch Bros. Productions. Yes, that. <laughs> I think we should start a new company. What do you think? <laughs> porch Bros. People might confuse us for people that build porches, though. True. We don't build porches. This is actually not a company at all. Pro- porch sitting, bros. Porch sitting. Oh, we sit people's we porches. We sit people's porches. So, you know, when you're gone, you can feel safe and your and know porch that your walk away. Is sit is has been sat. It has been sat. <laughs> mm. And uh and we don't come into your house. We just sit on your porch. What are you guys doing? We're porch sitting. Go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. Move along. <laughs> so, oh, this is not the porch you're looking for. Wow. <laughs> I have not had one of those in a long time. I am drinking a Yoo-Hoo. Yoo-Hoo! Big summer blowout. Um, and wow, is it good. Like, I, I honestly, I have not had one of these in years. It's It's been actual years since I've had one of these. As opposed to figurative Since years. I've had one of these chocolate drinks. Um... Although it's uh, 99% fat-free. It's also caffeine-free and gluten-free. It's also not real. (laughs) How many calories does that thing have? Uh, 220 for the whole bottle. So the serving on mine is 220. The whole bottle was 530 calories. Did you finish? Oh, of course you did. But that's because it's real milk. Which is really the only way that you can drink chocolate milk. I don't know. Chocolate drink is pretty good. Yeah, but it's chocolate drink, though. It's not chocolate milk. It's different. Anyway. I wonder what makes it. I wonder what makes it different. It does contain milk, though. Oh, it does. Well, is it is it milk or is it milk extract? Uh, I don't know. Let's read it. Uh, water, high fructose corn syrup, whey from milk, contains less than 2% of cocoa. Cocoa. Ah, uh, it's been alkali processed. Non-fat dry milk, natural and artificial flavor, flavors, sodium cassinate from milk, corn syrup solids, calcium phosphate. Wow, there's a lot of junk in here. Holy cow. Gargums, anthium gum, 
mono and diglycerides, uh, salt, spice, soy, uh, soy lactin, sucralose. Man, ribo. Ooh, it's got riboflavin. <laughs> riboflavin. <laughs> He's a rapper, right? Riboflavin. Oh, it's made by Mott's. The company makes the uh, Mott's uh, apple juice. Nice. M-O-T-T. Nice. Anyway, I don't care. It's delicious. My brain is telling me that this is juicy and delicious. And you, you know, know what I've learned? learned? Ignorance is Ignorance bliss. Ignorance is bliss. So, we're uh, we're doing a podcast. We're kind of sitting here not really talking. What should we talk about? Oh, what's tomorrow? Hold on. Don't do that yet. I haven't pulled it up. Uh, tomorrow is Monday. And Tuesday, I start a new job. Which is going to be fun. The fun part, of course, being me trying to find my social security card. Dost thou want some? Oh, sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. That's different than I was thinking it was. <laughs> they always are. So, uh, what are we talking about? There's all sorts of stuff to talk about, actually. Um, so, I get... so. I'm loving the weather right now. I wanted to talk about something. I saw a little article on here. I don't, I don't really care about the story because it's not surprising to me at all. Okay. Um, but warrantless surveillance. Okay. It's, it's a, it's been a problem. It's actually been the, the really, the reason why this whole thing with Trump and the Russia probe thing has been such a big deal is because of warrantless surveillance. Okay. Because the government is able to do a warrant or do surveillance without a warrant. Surveillance on what? Whatever they want. So people think... They could surveil you. They could surveil the president, apparently, or someone running for office. They can just do whatever the heck they want. They have a... They have a... I think they're called appellate court. And they go to the appellate court, and they say, we want to surveil this person. And the appellate court says, okay. They don't need evidence. They don't need anything. They don't actually have to get a search warrant. Under the Constitution, they can just surveil someone. Wow. Where did that come from? So, in 2001, uh, a group of terrorists that originated from uh, Saudi Arabia and were financed by uh, terrorist organizations that operated out of Afghanistan and Iraq, flew airplanes into the Trade Towers and the uh, Pentagon. And after somewhere close to 3,000-plus people were killed Mm -hmm. um, in those attacks, the lovely government decided that the best option for dealing with this was to pass a thing called the Patriot Act. And what the Patriot Act does is it allows the government to surveil people and their electronics to prevent terrorist attacks, which, in a short term, Absolutely. Great. Go for it. It's fantastic. Right. We've got to stop them. The problem is, is that when they passed that bill, they never put a sunset on it. Right. A mandatory sunset that in 10 years, say, this bill dies. It's dead. 
It's not alive anymore. Right. You want to continue surveilling people. You have to vote for a new bill all over again. Right. They didn't. And instead, what they did is they left it open-ended. And so in so that- 2012, they voted to continue it. And the government... Which, of course, they're going to do. Well, that's and that's the nature of it, is that they're never going to get rid of something once they have it. Once we give away parts of our rights, we never get we them back. We never get them back, yeah. And so, I just... I feel like this is something that needs to be talked about, because... Whereas this whole probe is, I think, a little ridiculous, I do see the benefit of it. There's been a lot of people that have been exposed, exposed for being traitors yeah, and for being corrupt, and they've been dealt with. Yeah. And I is, think that that's good. Which is good. The, the problem that I have with this whole thing is that it really is a witch hunt. And like with witch hunts, you're going to find some witches. That's just that's, that's the nature of the beast. You will find witches in a witch hunt. Well, the problem is, is that the large majority of people are not witches. Well, the problem with the witch hunt is not that you're going to find witches. The problem with the witch hunt is that you're going to find witches that aren't witches. That's what I mean. I I know. I'm just I'm adding clarity to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're and, and and if you if you're listening and you don't know what a witch that's not a witch is, basically it's. It's someone that might have something that fits the bill, and it might possibly work out this way. But they're not actually that. They're not actually bad. The, you know, we all are. We're all human. We're all whatever. You know, because we were talking about. We've been talking about some pretty heavy stuff lately. You know, on the show, um, or just in general, our our entire country right now is is up in up in arms in this in this level of of insanity of stuff. And, you know, when we're talking about this stuff and, you know, the the problem and and this problem. But see, the problem stems across the board. Right. When you go looking for drug dealers. You find drug dealers and and you find some drug dealers that aren't drug dealers. I mean, I've I've heard stories of guys that, you know, it's the it's the uh, it's the it's the arbitrary, um, you know, it's the arbitrary. Uh, we have to have, uh, so you were, you were caught, right? So let's say you were caught with weed in your car, right? Before, before weed was a, a, a legal thing, right? Right, right, right. So you're caught with weed in your car. If you're caught with nine ounces of weed, it's possession. If you're caught with 10 ounces of weed, it's possession with with the intent to to sell. sell. Right. Who decides that number? Because you can sell one ounce of weed, Right. Did you get him? No, you didn't. No, I didn't. He's right there. Oh, he's back over there. Right? I mean, that's that's the thing. Is is wh- where do these arbitrary numbers come from? Right? And so, you know, not to not to not to die on the battlefield of of guys that are in prison over over drug charges that shouldn't be or whatever because I don't want to die on that battlefield. But but there is a there is an issue, right? Not, there is an issue not with when that battlefield is being resolved, because the truth is, is right. that battlefield is being resolved, because right now we have a president that is a problem fixer instead of a problem creator. Right. And if you want to disagree with me on that, I can say the First Step Act, which helps young people who went to jail on ridiculous 
drug laws, right? You okay over there? Your uh, your legs okay? Yeah, I'm good. Um, you've got the. Uh, I saw it fall, and then I felt it. <laughs> you've got the uh, the thing in places like Texas where they can appeal to the governor if they went to jail under eighteen, and their sentence was like a life sentence or like a thirty year sentence or whatever. They can appeal to the governor to get their sentence reduced if they've worked a certain amount of time or get out. Actually, um, there's a there's a guy that we've been uh, that I've been following. Um, he's been trying to get out for years. Um, he's uh, you know he 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 was a criminal and he uh, he got saved in prison and it's like you know he got he got a bum rap you know? right and it's. What it well, does is it gives people it gives it gives people a second chance, is what it is. the The problem with the court system right now is that it's we're actually seeing the the problem with the court system right now in a over the top example with these riots because in these riots they get arrested, they get charged, and then the attorney general says I'm not going to charge any of these people and lets them all go. And then they get arrested and they get charged again, and the attorney general says, I'm it's, not a, "It's a revolving door." It's the revolving door. It's just in rapid in rapid scale instead of in long drawn out scale. And it's this is the issue: is that we have we've made crime so ambiguous. Well, uh-oh. we've made we've made the the divide between what is right and wrong. We've grayed it so much. We've blurred it, yeah. Because we have removed, we have good morals, but we've removed the reason why we have good morals and the source material for our good morals. And so if you just have good morals and you have no source for them and you have no explanation as to what they are and where they came from, then that means that your good morals can change. Well, and here, here's the other, there's another side of that is is along those same lines we have a court system that doesn't do its job, right? The point, the point of going to jail is to be rehabilitated. Is for corrections? The, bo- the point is to be corrected, right? You, you, you failed. That's why there are certain um, laws that, when broken, carry the death penalty. Right. Because they're not correctable. Right. If you have made the mistake, quote unquote, of taking another person's life, right? Yeah. Depending depending on the situation, that is not something that is really correctable. And even if it is correctable, society has deemed that it's better for you to not be part of society. But that's anymore. The, but now you're talking about the point that I'm making. Exactly. The point that I'm making is that it's not society. If your morals are based on society, then we have what we have today. Which is um, the media defining a peaceful protest as flipping over police cars and lighting stuff on fire, looting? Mo- no, mostly peaceful. The, the new term is right. Mostly, mostly peaceful. peaceful. Yeah, they're they're dubbing it that. That society has decided that this is mostly peaceful. Morals don't come from society. No. Morals don't come from deep inside us somewhere in this warm, snuggly place inside our inside our thank God inside our uh, our spirits. Right. Right. No, they they come from God. Specifically in the United States, they come from the Bible. Right. And that's the reason why certain 
crimes carry the death penalty. Certain crimes carry the death penalty because in the Bible, certain crimes carry the death penalty. Right. And it and it was clearly laid out and and very clearly spelled out. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that if we're going to talk about this, why certain laws are in place, why certain rules are in place or were in place, I should say, it's because of this source material. You have to have the source material. If you don't have the source material with the source or with the with what you're talking about, that's I mean, what's funny is that we we're taught in school about plagiarism, right? That's right. when you quote something without giving the source material. Right. That's essentially what uh, good morals people have done. They have plagiarized uh, the Bible. They've plagiarized. They've plagiarized God because they're quoting these good morals without citing the source material, without citing where it's coming from. Why? You know, why? Why is it wrong? to steal someone's stuff. Right? Right. Why is it wrong to destroy someone's property? Why is it wrong to take another life? Right. It's defined in the Bible why it's wrong. And what's interesting is that taking someone else's life in the case of, like, say, first-degree murder, premeditated, right? Right. It changes your brain chemistry. There's there's science behind this. It, It actually changes your brain chemistry when you do that when you do that which is why which is why it's so bad and it's actually what's interesting is that on a, on a little side note here uh military people have had to deal with this and have had to cope with it because they have to go kill somebody and they are and they're and they're sanctioned on that it's more than sanctioned on that they're protecting our freedoms correct and sometimes protecting your freedom means you have to be a little dark be a little dark and what's interesting is that I, I, I read this book a while back, and I don't remember what it was because I read it a long time ago. But it, it was about... Uh, it was a truck, I think. It was about a bunch of um, Christians that were in World War II, men who were Christians, um, and they had to be dark. They had to kill Germans, they had to kill Italians, they had to kill Japanese. And... It was that understanding and the grace of God, that graciousness of God, that helped them realize that what they did was necessary. And the sacrifice that they made was necessary. And it helped them get through it and cope with it and deal with it. Um, It was really intense because it was one of the guys, and he kind of interviewed a couple other people, that we're dealing with, you know, kind of that PTSD type thing with having to, you know, take someone else's having, life. Having to take a life, yeah. Or doing it multiple times, you know. Right. Um, but anyway, this is really dark. It is. But but uh, like I said, you know, our world is, unfortunately, our world is really dark right now. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So just to, just to divert away from this a little bit, we're still going to be... Not as dark, but talking about having the the item without the source material. Have you heard of this sixteen uh, nineteen project? Uh, yes, I have, and I am not a fan. So essentially, what the what the premise is of this whole thing is that 
American history doesn't start until 1619 when black slaves first arrived in the Americas. Wow, that's bunk. Right, because we know that black slaves arrived in the Americas before that, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, I I don't understand where they're getting this number from because because what <coughs> I thought for sure the Spanish were were bringing slaves over to the Americas before that. Don't forget that a lot of these rewrites are just throwing information out because it doesn't fit in the narrative. Yeah, I think that what they're talking about... Oh, the beginning of American slavery. Oh, okay. So, so we're going to throw out... Because that was one of those things I always thought was weird when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And when I got a little bit older, I realized what they were doing. When you take American history class, where do you start? Uh, an American history. No. When you take an American history class, you start in like... I don't know, like 2000 BC or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with way the back. Native Americans, right? So uh, the and of course this is what's so brilliant. I love this. the The left has effectively done what they always do, and that is we're going to throw out this group of people or this problem to facilitate the current narrative. Right? We're going to throw out uh, the black fight. We're going to throw out the Native American fight. We're going to throw out the minority fight because. Women empowerment. And we're going to throw out the transgender fight because women empowerment. <laughs> or we're going to do a, a thing about transgender. So we throw out the women empowerment thing. And we throw out the black thing. Or we're going to do a black thing. And so we're going to throw out the women empowerment thing and the transgender thing, right? You can't have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. But that's, that's what I mean is that they, they, they pick one and they throw everything else out. So what's great about American history is that what is a huge part of American history? What's a massive part about American history? The Native Americans. The Native Americans. And well, it's it's the constant. It's the Native American history. It's the constant struggle of the Americas. It's the struggle over the Americas, over specifically the North American continent. You know, and it's you end up with this. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but you end up with this terrible system, horrible system, right? Where essentially nobody wins, right? It's like, okay, so we we signed these treaties with the Native Americans and then totally just like, we don't care about the treaties. We're just going to take your land anyway. And then we s- signed another treaty with them and then took their land anyway. And it was like, there's like this string of like terrible treaty negotiations. And then, and then you have all this, you know, these wars that are going back and forth. And we end up with the Native Americans living on reservations and us giving them money. It's like, you know, well, I the, overheard the, the Native Americans definitely lo- lost in this situation. Well, I heard a, I heard a commentator but, today. I was listening to uh, Ben Shapiro and he was interviewing Candace Owens. Mm, interesting. Okay. And she said, she said something that was, that was really interesting about LBJ. Um, President Lyndon yeah. Johnson. Um, that he, you know, he, he was, he was facing the, the actual racist things that were happening. Um, he was, he was facing it. He was saying, this is a problem, which no argument, you know, Jim Crow laws, all that stuff. Um, and then he added white guilt. 
And white guilt's the issue. Because white guilt is the unnecessary thing. It's the it's the problem. You know? It's uh we have to feel guilty all the time. You you do understand why he added white guilt, right? I don't, actually. I just think it's stupid. He added white guilt because it justifies us continuing to oppress the blacks. But we don't oppress the blacks. That's because LBJ isn't still president. Well, he was a phenomenal racist. Yeah, that's actually the reason why. Is because guys like LBJ stopped being elected president because... Go away. We want everyone to be free. We really do. We want everyone to be equal. It's the reason why Americans get it. We talked about this before a couple podcasts ago. It's the reason why Americans have allowed the protests to happen so far. Because we really are concerned about someone's rights being unfairly taken from them. Right. And then, of course, as soon as the evidence comes out, you're like, oh, it's just a load of bullcrap. You know? So. Well, who decides what's fair and unfair? I think that understanding, because right now, the left is deciding what's fair and unfair, and they're the ones being unfair. Well, that's how it always works. Because we're playing by, we're playing by a set of, the conservative right is playing by a set of rules that has been put together by the left, and they're not playing by any rules. Well, of course. That's how it always works. It's like playing a football game with with refs that have been paid off. I've done that. I've done that a few times. And it's like, okay, these are the rules. These are the rules you have to follow. The other team doesn't have to follow them. The refs are going to throw penalties and all sorts of crazy stuff at you. And it's funny because I I developed this slogan when I was playing when I was still playing sports, and it was. You have to be able, you have to be good enough that you're better than the refs. You have to beat the refs. And unfortunately what that means is that your team has to be like ridiculously phenomenal. So that no matter how many calls they make and how you many still win. everything, you still win. And I to to this day I've only seen it happen twice. We were really close my freshman year. We were really close. Sophomore year. Postseason. Second to last game in postseason. The last second to last game, we lost the last game, uh, semifinals or something like that, um, or I think it was right before semifinals. But and that was the same thing. The refs totally threw the game. Um, but the game before that, the refs threw the game a couple times. But or they tried to throw the game, but we were just better. better. We had certain things on our team that were just better. It's really the only way that I can describe it. And uh, the next year we were even better. I wasn't on the team anymore, but anyway. So what I'm what I'm getting at here is that it's like, okay, so the left has decided that slavery and black people are the issue, right? Right. They're the only ones we're going to focus on. They're the only ones we're going to talk about, right? That's it. So... We're going to essentially throw out the Native Americans. And we're going to throw out their their struggle, which has, by the way, been a much harder and much longer struggle than the black people has. And much more well-documented? No. I think the documentation is pretty cool. Yeah. 
I think it's about equal. But I think if you were to do a comparison of the two, I think the Native Americans definitely got the short end of the stick. Well, the Irish definitely did. But we're not talking about them. I'm talking about Native Americans right now. <laughs> and how they got the short end of the stick. Because they did. Um, all you have to do is read about Andrew Jackson on the Trail of Tears. Right. And the dozen other Trail of Tears that happened. And the... See, I never knew that. I learned about the Trail of Tears in, in high school. And I didn't fully understand... Didn't understand what it was. What it yeah. was because and you read about it. And you read about the... Uh, the Battle of Wounded Knee and all these different things. And it's like, yeah, the Native Americans definitely 120% got the short end of the stick. Custer's last stand, though. Um, Yeah. Cool stuff. Yes and no. It was short-lived. They, Custer getting owned? Custer got owned because Custer was an idiot. I know. That's what I liked about it. That's all there is to it. Um, But... The the thing is is that um these I don't know I don't know why I'm why I'm getting on this right now, but it's just like I think for, it's because of this go whole Go for it. That's why we have a podcast. Well, I mean I, I think it's this it's this whole thing where it's like we're just gonna throw out all of this you know what it is? Native American history is ridiculously rich. Yeah. Like you start getting into some of these tribes like the you know you get the Navajo and the Hopi tribes, and what they say, what their history says about what happened, right. and a lot of the I, I'm mentioning those because I'm in Arizona, right? Because we're in Arizona, right? Of course. But you talk to like our our uh, our friend Woody, and he's um, what tribe is he from? Of course, I can't remember what tribe he's from right now, but he's told me stories. From his tribe, Potawatomi. Potawatomi, yeah. About their, it was gonna. T- I had just had to think about it. Their traditions, right? And it's like, what, what a rich story of you know, and it's, it's all this intrigue and there's conquest and you know, this tribe taking over that tribe and all this different stuff and, you know, there's there's all of this stuff with, you know, the the evidence that Native American groups were traveling all over the world and, and there's you know. There's evidence in some, you know, in, in all these different places all over the United States, all over North and South America, that these Native American groups were these genius navigators and uh, traders, and they had, you know, and and uh, merchants, and they have stuff from literally all over the world. That's totally out of place. It totally doesn't make any sense unless it's looked at as these people, you know, are. They, they're not these native savages like, you know, they presented as, right? You know, they presented them as this native. Right. And it's like this whole this whole thing just flies in the face of, it's like, okay, so we're just going to start American history when the slaves showed up. It's like, well, what about all the Native Americans that got rounded up and went to Africa to be slaves? We're going to talk about that? No, of course not. We're going to talk about black slavery because of white guilt. Right. So, right. anyway, it is the bottom of the hour. Wow, already? Oh, yeah. And we are pod bros, coming from the porch, which makes us porch bros. A production of, of Sound, Sound bros, bros Productions. Productions. And, uh, yeah, you're listening to us on whatever media source you're listening to us on. Correct. 
And we're chewing. Lots of chewing. Because we're and drinking. Those are really good, by the way. Honey barbecue flavor twists by Fritos. They didn't pay us for that. We just decided to go. That there. one was free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. Oh, interesting. So, let's. Uh, what are you talking about? California burning? Oh, is it still burning? <laughs> still. Uh, isn't Australia still burning? Aren't they having still having issues over there? They might be. But that's normal, though. I mean, not normal. It's uh, we have an ex- we have an extreme El Nino right now. Right. And so when there's an extreme El Nino, this is something you don't really know about. But when there's an extreme El Nino, when there's a regular El Nino, uh, a lot of those South Pacific islands burn. It's just the way it works. When we have an extreme El Nino, larger islands burn. Right. Um, what happens is is that all the warm water shifts to the uh, nor- to the Americas side of the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. and it shifts away from the South Pacific island side of the, you know, the South Pacific, where you have like uh, Australia, Guam, uh, South Pacific. Wasn't that a movie? The Marianas Islands. I'm sure it was. Um, uh, French Polynesia, all those places down. You know what we're talking about. I have no idea, actually. Really? No. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Useless. Talentless. <laughs> Talentless hack. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so the, those burn. When it's a cream El Nino year, the fires are higher. It's just that this is the third El Nino year in a row. Oh, okay. And this one's, like, really extreme. So, okay, so this is really cool. Apparently, huge sections of L.A. have been plunged into a paintball war. Really? Uh, Paintball guns are toys that look like real firearms, and while they won't kill you, they can cause serious injury. The Los Angeles Police Department is urging people... Pause. What side are you reading off of? Uh, ABC. Yeah. Yeah. let's, Let's just extrapolate that for a moment. Go ahead and read that again. Paintball guns are toys that look like real firearms. Okay. And while they won't kill you, they can cause severe injury. Okay. The only time paintball guns cause severe injury if, is if you're playing with somebody who's stupid and you're really up close. That's a scare, it's a scare line. I'm sorry. It's just punk. I do think that it's funny, though, that, they, that whoever wrote this was a at least semi-intelligent person. Because they did say paintball guns and then firearms. Mm-hmm. Because they would have sounded really, really dumb if they had <laughs> said, paintball guns are toys that look like real guns. Gee, no crap. <laughs> the Los Angeles Police Department is urging people to use the toys responsibly amidst a spike of paintball shootings. Okay. Tell me. Tell me they're shooting protesters. The department on Thursday reported 80 paintball shootings this year, including 75 in South Los Angeles. Apparently the shootings are felonies. Really? That sounds like a liberal thing to do. Yeah. 
I could just see that. What are you in here for? Killed the guy. What are you in here for? Shot a dude with a paintball gun. I shot gun. a dude with a paintball gun. Whoa. This Whoa, guy is hardcore. This guy's hardcore. Stay away from that guy. <laughs> wow. They're fun. Oh, this is even better. This is a uh this is from the uh the de- I don't know who it is from the department. Paintball guns can look like real assault rifles and have the capacity to shoot bullets at high speed, speeds of up to 300 feet per second. I'm sorry, read that again. Paintball guns. Sorry, I was reading it like, a, uh, what's the word? Uh, the narnar. Yeah, that's that's. You knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> People that carry uh, uh, the judge, the judge. Yeah, <laughs> derp. Right, that's the term. Derps. Um, paintball guns. Narnar can look like real assault rifles. Okay, bullcrap. But okay, continue. So what I'm wondering about is, where can I get a paintball gun that looks what, like an assault rifle? Where can I get rifle? an assault rifle that looks like a paintball gun? Because I, I have always thought it would be a good idea to have a big tank on top of the gun that just dumps the bullets into the gun. Forget about a magazine. Oh, yeah, my gun's got, you know, 30-round mag, 50-round mag. Mine's got a 200-round mag. It just sits up on top, and they just drop into it. <laughs> You got a hopper that organizes it and makes it straight. <laughs> Wonder if that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, it's they've they've got to sort bullets. They've somehow, got those right? ones. They've got those ones that are like the whole thing is a drum. Yeah, that's true. Goes in the bottom. Whatever. Anyway, um, paintball guns can cause severe soft tissue damage, even if the person is wearing clothing over the area. Soft tissue. Translation. You're going to get a bruise or maybe a welt. So, is that true? I've never gotten paintball things, so I don't know. I have. You get a welt. Through your clothes? Sometimes. It depends on how close you get shot. It depends on how fast the paintball is moving. Right. You know, it's it's a piece of plastic that has to break against your skin for the paint to come out. Right. So, yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit. That's why paintballers wear these really cool things called masks that are all the rage right now. Um, and most every time I go paintballing, I wear long sleeves and long pants and other protective gear. So, I've never I've gotten airsofting. See, airsofting is more painful to me. So, when we did airsofting, I used to wear like straight up like I don't want to say body armor, but straight up armor. Yeah, you know we had these, uh, you know those those vests, the ski vests that have like the down inside of them that have the zip sleeves. So I'd wear that with long sleeves and then gloves and pants with uh, like leggings underneath them. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you can feel it still that, that the chest though, you can't feel it. Right. It's kind of like honor system with that stuff. You, it's honor system with all of it, even with paint. But yeah, you know what I mean? Um, cause there's times you can shoot some well, of the paintball gun and it'll bounce air, off. Airsoft break. hurts. Um, but here's the thing though. When we were doing airsoft, when I was little, when we did airsoft, mm-hmm. it was always like, oh, he didn't shoot me, blah, blah, blah. When I got older, 
I hooked up with a group of guys that did it like competition. Legit status. And it was way funner playing with them because if you got hit, you knew you got you hit. You knew you got hit. Also, if you hit one of them, they were totally like, you got me. Well, and when you play with guys that are that are re- well re- well practiced and rehearsed, you're, you know, <laughs> it, you know that whole thing of, um, yeah, I, I hit you. Yeah, I know I hit you. Well, like I don't miss. Well, and they were they were running they were running their gear was all metal, real stuff. They had oh yeah, they had custom pins. I think one of the guys he was he was loaded. I think his parents were were loaded, but he yeah. had. He had a full, a full setup rig for his gun, um, and when he did certain competition stuff, he actually had a tank that he could connect to it nice. for extreme high power. Um, but he had, he had his gun had custom milled pins in it, like a gunsmith. Like he took his gun to a gunsmith and had custom parts milled for it. Wow, for his airsoft gun. But I mean, I guess when you win these competitions, you get thousands of dollars. So, right. if you're getting all that money, what the heck, right? We're in the wrong business. <laughs> so anyway, they, you know, it's like we need to be in airsoft. Personally, I'm like, okay, paintball guns. I've always actually, to be honest with you, to be entirely honest with you, I've always thought that paintball guns kind of look dorky. They do. They got a giant hopper on the top, and they look goofy. And if you're running a big gun, you've got a huge CO2 tank. Which is the other part of that which says, oh, paintball guns can look like real guns. I've only seen a few, and they're rare. The only ones that I've ever seen, because I watch this guy who does paintballing and airsofting all the time. Right. And the only gun I've ever seen that he's got that looks legit is he's got a like a fifty cal type gun. Airsoft. No, paintball. Oh, really? It's got it's got the tank the tank is in the is in the stock. But it's a fifty cal is a bolt action rifle. Right. So of course it looks that way. So he's got He loads his ball in? Yeah, he loads his ball in and he's This guy he, he goes GoPro, but he's got like a full ghillie suit and he skirts the map and he's hidden somewhere and you can take one shot at a time when you're doing that. Right. But the, when he does airsoft stuff he is running around with a. It looks like a real gun. Yep. I mean, it looks like a real gun, and he's got a his GoPro cameras. He's got, you know, because they've got the technology now. Right. He's got a. It's a. It's a shoot camera. It's it's night vision. Hits. It's putting a little X on there when he no. hits the target. No way. I think he might add it in afterwards, but it's like. It's like you're you're watching it and you're like, this looks real. Those look like tracer rounds. If you were to show a clip of it to someone without any context. All right, to heck with this podcast, let's go watch that. <laughs> no. Stop. Anyway. Nobody's listening anyway. That's because we're not going live. I know. I don't like going live. Do you like going live? Uh, You know, if we got listeners when we were going live, we probably would be more enjoyable. And, of course, the answer to that would be, well, if you guys went live at a decent hour. Instead of 1230 at night? <laughs> So, well, uh, where are we at? What, what are we at on time? 43 minutes. Okay, so we definitely need to speak about tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to get through all these stories because I thought a lot of them were good. Oh, okay. This one's the last one. It's really funny. Actually, it's hysterically funny. Uh, Navoke 
Dijokovk. I don't know how you say that at all. I might have butchered it. Anyway, let me see. He's uh. Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, okay. Yeah, see, I did butcher it. Anyway, he's a golfer. (laughs) He's a golfer? Golfer? Is that what it is? No, sorry, tennis. My bad. Even better. That's a great name. He's he's a tennis player, and he got kicked out of the U.S. Open because he hit one of the line judges. (laughs) With the ball? (laughs) With the ball on accident. On accident? Yeah, on accident. So they threw him out? Well, yeah, that's how it works. Oh, that sucks. Rules are rules, man. So oh, I guess guy. he was. I guess he was slated to be the guy, the favorite. I guess. How do you hit a line judge? Well, I'm sure you could watch the video and find out. That I guess that is probably true. There's a mosquito, and he's eating my ankle because you failed to kill him earlier. He got me in the leg. So tomorrow, tomorrow, which is Labor Day. So, according to Wikipedia, which I have just recently read an article on Wikipedia that was a giant pile of poo. Um, I don't know if we want to go back to politics stuff, so do it. No, I didn't read it. I don't have it here in front of me. I have to look it up again. Let's talk about Labor Day. Um, well, there was a Wikipedia article at one point, and I don't know if it's still in there. I can't remember what the article was, but. I edited the article and made myself emperor of the world. Uh, it's probably gone. Of course, that was a long time ago. So, Labor Day is a federal holiday in the United States celebrated on the first Monday in September to honor and recognize the American labor movement and the work and contributions of laborers to develop and achieve the United States. Oh, and achievements of the United States. Sorry. Um, it is the Monday of the longest week known as Labor Day weekend. Oh, sorry. It is the Monday of the long. Oh, this is Monday of the long weekend known as Labor Day weekend. Okay. Uh, beginning in the night in the late nineteenth century, as the trade union and labor movements grew. Trade unionists proposed that a day be set aside to celebrate labor. Nice. Um, interesting. So I burned 2,000 calories today. In Canada. In Canada. Uh, oh, Canada. They celebrate it on the first Monday of September as well. More than 80 countries celebrate International Workers' Day on May 1st. Right. That's Memorial Day for us, right? That's No. Memorial Day is the last Monday of May. Of May. That's right. Um, the ancient European holiday of May Day. May Day! Was chosen We're as... We're going down! Was chosen by the second uh, international... Or, This is painful. Sorry, it's just, it's poorly written, so. Anyway, whatever. So. 
trade unions and the labor movement are the foundations of Labor Day. Nice. According to the according to one of the earliest histories of Labor Day, the event organized in connection with a general assembly of the Knights of Labor convened in New York City in September 1882. Okay. So Yeah, so it looks like it looks like the labor unions did it um which I mean you can you could poo-poo or be in favor of it. The the fact of the matter is is that a lot of the labor unions were nothing at all like the labor unions are today. Because the labor unions today are pretty much uh, legal crime, legal extortion. Yeah. So you said May Day, and it triggered my brain as the, you know, May Day we're going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just looked up, here's a little bit of trivia for you, so that we can we can actually learn something today. We, <laughs> we've been learning a lot, actually. <laughs> All right, so the word Mayday is internationally recognized as the SOS distress signal. The word derived from the French Madiez. Oh, interesting. Okay, continue. Sorry. Uh, Maadiz? Ad, ma I don't know. I don't speak French, so. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, meaning, help me. It was originated in 1923 by Frederick Stanley Mockford, a senior radio officer at Croydon Airport in London. Mockford was asked to think of a word that would indicate distress and would easily be understood by all pilots and ground staffs in an emergency. Um, <clears throat> it is stated three times. Mayday, 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 follow, followed by your identity, position, nature of the emergency, etc. In situations where vessels requires assistance, not from grave or immediate danger, a distress call of pan-pan can be used instead. Essentially, it means you need aid, but you don't need support personnel to necessarily drop what they're doing right that instant and come help you, as with a Mayday. Like Mayday, Pan Pan is an uh, ang anglicized spelling of a French word, in this case, Pané, which means broken, failure, or breakdown. Also, as with Mayday, one should state it three consecutive times. Pan Pan, Pan Pan, Pan Pan. Followed by your identity, position, nature of the crisis, etc. Interesting. A lot of French words being anglicized. Yeah, it is. That is. Could you technically say that that's cultural appropriation? Um. Yeah, I think so. Let's try it. I'm a I'm a social justice warrior. You're in trouble. Pan pan. Wait. You got to do it three times. Pan 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 pan. And then state your name and your position. This is Luke. I'm the owner of this company. The nature of the emergency is he's a terrorist. Uh, that's cultural I'm appropriation. I'm fearing for my life. I don't care. Uh, excuse me, sir. I am on break. <laughs> excuse me, sir. I am on break. Oh, man. What else should we look up? That was pretty good. So check it out. Labor Day is the unofficial end of summer. Apparently, a lot of people or it used to be very popular to take a two-week vacation during the Labor Day weekend period. So the week before, then the week, the week of Labor Day. 
would you a lot of people would take I guess a two week vacation that that week. Gotcha. As the end of summer vacation, which is really funny because uh, up until uh, what thirty years ago or something like that, twenty years ago, uh, school officially started on September on on the the Tuesday after Labor Day, and it ended the Friday before the Friday before Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Um, which of course that's changed since then. Um, although school does end before Memorial Day, ooh, still. Ooh, this is for the no, most part. I'm not going to go there. Um, no more politics. So I can't do it. So that's Labor Day, awesome. and you know I, I'm not a huge fan of the unions. Uh, I like a day off though. They, they they cause a lot of problems. However, I do like the statement that was made here at the beginning. That it's recognizing the the work and contribution of laborers to the development and achievements of the United States. It's actually, I think it's a great statement. Um, and, and to be honest with you, and I think this is the reason why I'm kind of okay with those original labor unions, is because that was the point. They were, they were, there's this thing called the Iron Law of Wages. Um, okay. It was a... I guess you could say it was a uh, perspective that a lot of uh, business owners, factory owners, they it was their mantra, I guess you could say, back in the 1800s and early parts of the 1900s. Um, and essentially the idea was you want to pay raise, but this guy over here will work for less than what you're actually working for right now. So I'm just going to let you leave and I'm going to hire him he's willing to work for less the idea is that as long as there's work as long as there's people that are willing to work at that price i'm going to leave it at that price and what the unions were trying to do was they were trying to make it so that people could get past that because that that's something that we we uh we definitely it was it was something that I think no one really could have predicted. The Industrial Revolution, it changed things because um, industrialization is about mass production. Right. It's about the assembly line. It's about large numbers of working of people working in a factory. It's less about people working on the fields or doing little, you know, jobs here and there, you know what I mean? And so the problem is is that because of that it changes the nature of labor. Right. And um it and so because of that because of its change in of nature, sorry, there was a mosquito that had to die on my leg. Um because of that this whole concept of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness it changes because uh, life, liber- the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is modified because now you can achieve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness without technically ever owning the business. Right. Or even owning property. Right. I mean, there, there are successful people that have never owned a piece of property. Right. Because of and industri- it's all just 
Because of industrialization. And so because of that. They make their wealth. They keep their wealth. There, and have, they, they there has to them. be certain protections put in place. For the workers. For the workers. Right. And what's very interesting is that those protections were put in place. The problem is, is that they were put in place at the same time that things like legalizing unions happened. Right. And I was like, okay, this is what we needed. This is what they were fighting for. But you gave us this and the unions. It's like, okay, hold on a second here. It's one or the other. We don't need the unions anymore. We have We this. fixed it with the vehicle that's designed to fix the problem. That's what's so great about America. That's what's so great about the American system is that it was so compact and limited on purpose so that if something new came up, the government's vehicle, the vehicle of the government, could deal with the problem. Right. The The whole concept that uh, of the amendments. The amendments of the Constitution are there to deal with new issues, to deal with new problems. And that's the reason why I think that things like putting suffrage of anyone, as an amendment, right. is against the founders' intent. Because that's not a new issue. It's an issue that has always been. It's an issue that's always been. Who gets to vote? And the Founding Fathers wanted the states to decide. It's the reason why it doesn't define any suffrage in the Constitution. Right. And I think that it's actually a terrible thing that we actually have suffrage... I think that it denigrates and draws away from the struggle for the right to vote. I agree. I think that the achievement that the the, the achievement of women in the western states of suffrage is lessened by the fact that there is an amendment that gives women the right to vote. Because women in the Western states, had they fought and earned their right to vote. Right. Never mind the fact that they had the right? No. They, this, the right to vote is determined by the states. That's how it's always been. You want your right to vote, you've got to fight for it. Right. And, and the thing is, is that, what my point is, is that part of the American experience, the experiment of the American of America, of the United States of America, is that struggle, that fight, that you you have to use what's there, what's in place. And, and overcome. And you have to overcome. And that's the reason why I look at things like the amendments, like that, and I say, well, this is terrible because it, it, it bypasses that struggle. It's you know what it is, and and what's funny is that uh, I think we're seeing some of this with this current Black Lives Matter thing and this women empowerment movement thing. Is that it's it, the picture is of a butterfly. Okay, so a, a butterfly starts as a as a worm, a caterpillar, right? Um, and which, you know, they crawl around in the dirt. It's kind of, you know, it's a great picture of, you know, essentially someone. So let's say the caterpillar is someone who's, the bottom. Who, 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 who comes to the United States and they need to get their right to vote, right? Right. Uh, 
when they get here, they don't have any rights. They crawl around in the dirt and they eat bugs or they eat, you know, leaves. It's, right. They're they're very limited. They're very limited in what they can do. They can only crawl around sometimes. They're they're very vulnerable. They can very very easily attacked, right? Right. Uh over time, they get to that point where they're ready to climb up on the tree and they start jaying. Yep. And they spin a cocoon. And then this metamorphosis happens. They break through that barrier. They break through that thing where they they get their green card or they get their uh, visitor's visa or whatever it is. And then they start taking the citizen classes and they get their right. citizenship. Right. And when they, they break through that struggle of getting their citizenship, the, the butterfly comes breaks out of the out of the cocoon and they can fly around and all of a sudden, now that they can fly, they have access to things like pollen and the nectar that's in flowers and plants. And they have, and and they sow the seeds for the next generation of first-generation citizens. Right. Because they can say, I did it, you can do it too. Right? Right. Or I did it and you don't have to. You're so, here. So there's this thing. Being born here, it's great. Right. Or, yeah, they're kids are born here, so they're already citizens. Right. Right. And their kids can then be president. Right. I mean, how crazy is that? A, a second generation American can run for president and be president. I mean, let's be honest here. Regardless of what you think of where Obama was born or not, Obama's a second class citizen, a second generation citizen that was elected president of the United States. Pretty awesome. That's pretty dang amazing. There is nowhere else in the world. Literally nowhere else in the world that, that, that you could happen. be a complete and total alien, and your kid can be president of the entire country. Yep, that's flipping amazing. So, using this butterfly analogy, right? Which is brilliant, by the way. There's a point when the butterfly is emerging from the cocoon that it struggles out of the cocoon. And if you break the cocoon open and help the butterfly out... You'll kill it. No, it'll live. But its wings won't ever fully develop, and it won't be able to fly. Because that last bit of struggle out of the cocoon is that last little bit of time that the butterfly needs to make those wings strong so that it can fly. Wow. And do you know what? The amendment that gave women suffrage and the amendment that gave black people suffrage was? It was that last bit. It was that last little bit. It was that scientist who's sitting there watching the cocoon pull open and he's going, oh, yeah, let me help that guy out of there. And he opens it up and the butterfly gets out and it can't ever fly. It's stunted in what it should be able to do. Because of the help that it should because have never gotten. Because of the help. Strong air quotes. Help strong, that it should have yeah, never strong, gotten. Strong air quotes on It's help. the struggle. It's the American struggle to get to that full point. And what, what people don't understand because of this revision history thing is that, you know who the first person to struggle through that was? White males. Because guess what? Guess who the only people who could vote were? White males. In... 1780. Uh, landowners, actually. Light, white male landowners, landowners were the only people that could vote. You yep. know what that means? You know what that means, Luke? 
That means if we were back in the 1700s right now, you know how many people could vote at this table? Me. One person. You. Just you could be the only person that voted. I don't have a right to vote. You know why? Because I don't own any land. Yep. But they struggled, and they fought for that right, and they gained that right. Well, here, here, here's a, let, me, let me throw another part at that, right? Why is that so important? Why is, and I'm going to take a different stance, a little bit of a different stance here, but why is it so important that the only people that could vote were white male landowners? Because they had a vested interest in the country. Because they had a vested interest in the country. And what did that do? What would let so let's fast forward, like you said, who can vote at this table? I can. Right. What does that do for you though? I'm gonna get myself a piece of land. Yeah, I'm gonna get myself a piece of land. Why? So that I can vote. Right. Why? So that I can have a voice. Why? So that I can affect the change that I want. Yes. However, with what I said before about the labor, yep. right? Because we're yep. talking about Labor Day. Society has to change for labor. For the necessity of labor, the society, our government vehicle, has to be modified. That's the point right. of the small, compact system is it can be modified. It can be grown a little bit to facilitate something we never expected. Which is all of... Which is me. I don't own any land, and I can vote. And the vehicle of the government was modified to fulfill that. Right. And this is this is my point, is that ultimately... This struggle, this fight, because what is the true equality of things? What is the definition of the true equality of things? The right to vote in the United States. There is one thing that makes us equal in the United States, the ability to vote. Your, your right to vote. The difference between people who can't vote and people who can vote. In some cases, the difference of one day. One day. Two people are born. A minute apart. And in an election cycle, it's potential that only one of them could vote in that election. And they're only one minute apart. Because of their age. Because of their age. Because that is the only defining barrier right now in voting. But the problem is, is that because that struggle, that fight was interrupted, because the fight wasn't allowed to go all the way, because it wasn't able to push all the way, it's stunted. It's limited. And the result of that stunting and that limiting is that we have this whole thing where it's like, oh, well, I'm being, I'm being, you know, I'm being, I have, you know, there's. Help, there's, help, I'm being oppressed. I'm, yeah, I, I'm being oppressed because of this and that. And it's like, you know what? If. Sorry, that was me. No. Continue. If if that struggle and that fight had been allowed to happen, right? if it had been allowed to get to that conclusion, because let's be honest here. Let's, let's be real here for a minute. You passed the amendment for black suffrage. You passed the amendment for women's suffrage. 
that means that three-fourths of the states already were in favor of suffrage. Right. You're telling me that you couldn't fight... Just a little bit longer? Just a little bit longer? You had to pass a dang freaking amendment to get what you wanted? You had to dang throw in the towel because you didn't think you could beat it in the other states? Right. Yeah, you were already there. You were there. You were 75% of the way there. Yep. You're telling me you couldn't go that last little bit? You had to stop? This is as far as we're going to go. Yeah, great job. Because that 25% slug that you're having to deal with now, that in the case of black votes, black suffrage, we've been dealing for over 100 years with. Yep. In the case of women's suffrage, we're up at 100 years now. Yep. We just passed the anniversary that we've been dealing with this inequality issue. Why is that inequality issue happening? Because it's you happening didn't finish because the job. you didn't finish. You didn't fight all the way to the end. And now you're having to deal with the consequences of it. And the consequences of it are this is what happens when you don't fight all the way. When you don't fight all the way, you don't get everything you need. Gee, kind of like timing? The Not, right timing? It yeah, the right timing, but no. Because look at look at the look at the freedom movement in the 60s. Black rights movement in the 60s. All they had to do was a little bit farther. All they had to fight was for a little bit farther. Right. But no, they had LBJ come in and save the day. And what happened? They didn't actually get what they wanted. Right. They didn't actually get what they needed, actually. Let's be honest here. They didn't actually get what they needed. And here we are, like I just said, 60 years later, 70 years later, and we're still dealing with the same freaking issue. (laughs) The same crap. It's the same daggum crap. The only difference is, is that now it's not some pastor who's well dressed, who's got a family that's well-dressed, and he's well-spoken, and he can get up in front of the American people and say, I have a dream. Right. No, now we have a criminal who was being arrested and was on drugs, or we have a person that was had a warrant out for their arrest, and they were resisting arrest, and these are our mighty martyrs. Yes. These are the people that people are rallying behind. These terrible, horrible people from society. This is what we're rallying behind. Instead of instead of having epic guys like Martin Luther King Jr. to rally behind, instead we're rallying behind George Floyd, a why criminal. We, why don't we rally? Oh, here, so that brings up a question. Why don't we rally behind the 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 good that's out there, like Doctor Carson? Why? Because they don't want to hear what Dr. Carson has to say. They didn't want to hear what Martin Luther had to say. The difference is is that Martin Luther was the only one. Right. And because he was the only one, and he was the only one who was successful at the time, you had to listen to him. And he was making a difference. Nowadays, they look at guys like Ben Carson. Do you know why he was making a difference? Go ahead. Because he had a dream. 
It's true. Sorry, I couldn't resist. He did have a dream. But it's true. But you look at guys like Ben Carson, and people don't want to hear what Ben Carson has to say. Because what Ben Carson has to say is, get yourself educated. Get yourself a job. Become a productive member of society. Get married and have a family. Yep. Quit quit, uh, quit blaming everybody else for your problems. Exactly. And, and stand up and do it. Exactly. And that's the problem. That's the issue. Is that we have, the, the black culture has succumbed to LBJ's plan. We stay in the modern, to, to, to quote, uh, uh, what's his name, Dinesh D'Souza. You yep. stay in the modern plantation and you work as a modern slave Ooh. because it's easier. It's the reason. There's a very specific reason why the South was called the Lazy South. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to be a slave. It's easy to have someone tell you what to do, tell you who to vote for. Right. It's really hard to have to make those decisions for yourself. But what's glorious to see right now is that a lot of people is are that there are to. a lot of people, a lot of black people yep. that have decided that they're willing to take the chance on that last 25%. They're ready to take that 25% to task. Because what they've realized is that that 25% isn't even 25% anymore. No. It's more like 5% or 1%. Yep. They're there. They're right there. They're They've there. got yep. it. It's within their grasp. And they're seeing it. They're seeing the truth that I don't have to live under this subjection anymore. I don't have to live under this oppression anymore. I can break out of this. Well, and let's say it like it is. This is not a, a difference between Republicans and Democrats. This is a difference between conservatism and... And liberalism. Modern liberalism, to be clear. Modern liberalism. Right? This is the difference between not paying attention to the media and being told everything that you need to think and thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, waking up one morning and going, wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense. Why would I think that? And then stepping out on the freedom that comes with that. Exactly. And knowing that you're in the right because your own people are calling you whatever it is they're calling you. I think they call them Uncle Toms. The, the fact that they call their own, they the fact that they call their own anything like that is mind-boggling to me. Well, we straight up blew past the top of the hour. <laughs> Did we really? We are 14 minutes into an hour. Yeah, baby. So I think that we have... Uh, I think we've definitely gotten somewhere good today. Well, we didn't we didn't go dark, which was kind of cool. We I, did that I at was, the beginning and then we pulled back. We did. We a little bit of dark, but not a lot. And and that was kind of what I was I was afraid we were going to do too much dark and I didn't want to do any too much dark. But uh, but like I said, unfortunately, we our culture right now and living in our culture it's very dark. It's very dark. I mean, it I mean, there's there's a lot. You know what? And actually, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. Um, suicide is like on the crazy rise right now and drug uh, addiction and abuse and all that stuff. And so if you're a random person and uh, even if you're one of our regular listeners and you're struggling with any type of depression or anything like that, reach out. We're here. Yeah. 
we're here because I I would much rather, and, and I see these and and they're, you know, unfortunately because of how the world goes anymore, a lot of things have become cliche. But truth be told, I I would much rather take your phone call at one o'clock in the morning, than not be able to take your phone call ever again. That is so true. Um, and and as somebody who has recently, you know, within the last couple of years, gone through some stuff that has put me to a position where I never ever thought I would ever think about the you know the depression and the and the stuff that way, like I have in the last couple of years. Um, I get it. And I've been there and um, reach out, reach out 100 percent. And if you know anybody that needs to reach out and you can't be there for them, send them our direction too. So, Indeed. This has been Pod Bros, a production of Sound, Sound Bros, Bros Productions. Productions, uh, coming uh, to you from the porch. And this is our uh, our podcast that has gone from every day to every couple days to once a week. After a couple months, <laughs> a few months of. Uh, but at least we're doing it regularly now. But now we're doing it regularly once a week. Um, and it will not be as late as this one was because next week starts me having to get up in the morning on Monday morning. On we'll do it earlier. So we have to do it earlier. But that That's depends, good. That depends on, you know, people showing up at my house earlier. I was here ready. We could have started at 9 o'clock when I got here. You didn't get here at 9. I did get here you at 9. You got here at 9.30. I actually got here at 9.20. Because I was looking at the clock <laughs> Were when you I got really? here. So, because I went home first to change. Ah, you did. So. Don't change. We like you just the way you are. And to do other things. Ah. <laughs> which was specifically cleaning my toilet. Oh. Okay. It was needed. Right now? I just happened to notice and I, you know. I mean, I guess. If, I you, guess, if you leave I it. I guess there is no, there is no perfect time to clean a toilet. If you leave it. It just gets worse. You're one of those people that cleans on a regular basis every week or just whenever you notice? Yeah, I clean every week because that's usually when I notice. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. I need to. Man, I really need to clean. <laughs> What's wrong? Your house looks great. Oh, you um, can't see that? You can't see that? <laughs> Thank God you can't see that. I haven't cause cleaned in like three that's hours. That's horrible. <laughs> Three hours. I'm not that bad. Oh, geez. I am actually not that bad. I actually have been, like, forcing myself, like, I, I haven't, I, I've been tidying up, but I haven't been, like, deep cleaning, and I I feel like I need to deep clean. But you, you maintain the clean. If you get a deep clean, then you maintain the clean. It's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And then you do the deep clean every once in a while, like a couple months or something like well, that. Well, I did finally get paper towels. That's good. Because I've been needing them, and I did finally get some more mouthwash, because I've been needing that, too. Actually, that's not entirely true. I literally ran out Friday. Nice. So, so anyway, um, yeah, I just figured we'd drag it to an hour and a half. How close are we? Oh gosh. Okay, so we're gonna go for another twenty-two minutes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> just joking. It's only like eleven minutes. Eleven? Are you sure? You you didn't sound very positive on that one. My math has been way off lately. What's up with that? I mean, I my know. math's off all the time, but I mean. And is there a? I actually I know what it is. It's I I used to play a a brain game on one of my on one of my devices. Oh, that kept my brain pretty sharp, and it they they ended it. They discontinued it. Yeah. So I got to find was the another game? one. Tetris. 
how is Tetris a brain game? Because Tetris is math. It's all oh. math. You're doing the numbers and you're figuring out where everything fits in. And you're going and going and going and going and going and it gets faster and faster and faster. So it helps you keep your brain That makes sense. Engaged and stuff like that. This game's one of them. I see that. It's actually actually enjoying watching you play that. So Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Are we done? We can be, just ten minutes. Ah, okay, we'll be done. So once again, this is Sound Bros Pod Bros, a production of Sound Bros Productions. Sound Productions. Oh wait, I was gonna say this before we finish. If you would like to be a guest on our show, oh yes, very please good. Please let us know. We have room for a guest or two or, or three or four. Three. We actually have quite a lot of room on this porch, or we could switch to the front porch and then we could have even more room. Indeed, or inside or somewhere. It doesn't matter. Or anywhere. We could do the podcast we at your house. Do the pod. We. If you would like to be a guest on this show and have the podcast done from your house and possibly even done live from your house. Ooh. We could do that too. Ooh. So, uh you just have to call us and then sign the non-disclosure agreement and <laughs> the um uh uh I don't associate agreement and then we'll be good. Anyway, <laughs> so this is Pod Bros, a production of Sound Bros Productions. <laughs> this is the fourth or third or fourth time we've said it. This is Pod Bros, a production <laughs> of Sound Bros Productions. <laughs> coming at you from the porch. Coming at you from the porch. Coming at you from the porch. From the por- porch. From porch, the por- porch, 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 I don't care for all this yelling. <laughs> Salt. Salt. Anyway. Um, anyway. We we're, hope we're you glad learned something today. Because if you're not learning, then you're dying. So, so stay alive. alive.